Well, hello, Heritage. I am so excited that we are able to connect today for worship. Thank you so much for joining us. And and I want you to know, I am so grateful that each of you are here. And wherever you happen to be watching from, please know that you have been prayed for and that you are loved. I have great anticipation for what God is going to accomplish in and through this time of worship today. Now, over the past three weeks, we've been journeying through our Level Up teaching series, and we're just going to continue that journey today. I so appreciated the reminder from Pastor Chris last week that we have access to the power and presence of Holy Spirit in our lives. We literally have resurrection power residing within us. I mean, that is crazy cool. In fact, in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing a song together that proclaims the truth that there is nothing that our God can't do. And I would encourage you as we sing that song to visualize those things in your life that are causing stress and anxiety to kind of collect all of those things and just symbolically lay them at the feet of Jesus. And as you do, be reminded that the same power that created everything seen and unseen, the same power that split the sea for Moses and company, The same power that enabled an underdog like David to conquer a giant like Goliath, the same exact power that raised Christ from the dead is accessible to you through the power and presence of Holy Spirit. Truly, there is nothing that God cannot do, and God loves you, and He is for you. So with that truth humming around in our hearts and minds today, let us step joyfully and confidently into our time of worship together. And let's lift high the name of Jesus. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. Yes, we are. We are here for you.
And I just wanna speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within His presence I speak Jesus I just wanna speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Do not Hey Heritage, what an awesome time of worship that we have already had together today. We're going to step into an intentional moment of prayer, but before we do that, I love the framing of that last song and how it positions us now in this moment of prayer. 
a song declaring, I speak Jesus. As we even sing those words, I'm sure each of us are thinking of the specific people or situations or, or circumstances we find ourselves in. What is it today that you need to speak the name of Jesus over, knowing that the name of Jesus has full, and I mean full, power and authority? With that being said, I, I want us to step into an intentional moment of, of prayer. Today we're continuing our level up conversation, focusing on untangling ourselves from the mess that might be holding us back or untangling ourselves from, from the sin or circumstances that get in the way of our pursuit of Jesus. And to do that, uh, to position us well, to receive this word that we're about to step into, I wanna create a moment for us to say uh, the prayer of serenity. And I'm gonna invite you to say that with me. So would you join me in prayer as we declare this over our own lives? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Hey Heritage family, I'm so glad we get to spend this time together as we continue in our Level Up message series. My prayer for you is that this has been a great season, a great experience, pressing in to what God has for you as you seek to go to the next level in your connection with God and each other and your purpose. I'm so glad you're joining us online for this conversation. And I want to remind you to take advantage of the unique opportunities that you have in this format. Be sure to, to click the prayer button and you can connect with a live pastor who will pray with you. Be sure to chat with one another and continue to process what God is saying and doing in these moments. Our prayer is that these online spaces would become real places of community for you as you converse, connect, and engage, connecting with God, others, and your purpose in this way. Now, as we've been having this level up conversation, I, of course, have been thinking about lots of different experiences that I've had in my life. And one of them was uh, on a particular hiking trip that I went on with my brother when we were teenagers. We were hiking in a place called the Chiricahua National Monument, which is known for its incredible rock formations in the desert southwest. It, it was an awesome journey. You hike through ironwood forests, and you see natural rock formations that took years and years and years and years to form. Some of the hiking is really easy, and some of it's more challenging. And on this particular day, we had kind of chosen to go on a medium-rated hike. And as we were walking along, I was the one who was carrying our pack with, like, water and lunch and some other things in it. And I insisted, as the oldest of the two of us, that I should go first on the trail, because that's what an older sibling does. As we were going, I realized that, man, the pack I was carrying started to feel so heavy. We hadn't gone very long, maybe an hour or so, when I just felt like I was being crushed under the weight of the world. For whatever reason, my pack on that particular 
particular day just seemed exceptionally heavy. I was getting tired. I was getting cranky. It was not a pretty picture. And I didn't even take time to, to like appreciate the beauty around me. Now, finally, we stopped after a while for like a water break and a snack and, and maybe to grab our lunch. And when we sat down, I took my backpack off and sat next to my brother and opened up the backpack in order to pull out whatever we were going to eat and my water. And when I opened up the backpack, I saw that there were all kinds of rocks put in there little stones and some bigger ones. There was a pair of binoculars that I didn't remember packing in there. And there were like just different things that were obviously picked up from the trail and placed in my backpack. So what had happened is along the way, my brother had been taking stones and rocks and sneaking them into my backpack just to be a jerk, just to make it harder. But here's the thing. It didn't matter that it wasn't stuff that I had put in the backpack. That burden became heavy. And there were things that, yes, I had packed. There were things I had overpacked. There were things I didn't even remember being in there, like those binoculars. And then there were all of these rocks that were placed in the backpack. I'd love to say that I was super gracious about it. I was not. But we dumped the backpack out and eventually headed on our way. And I was literally pounds lighter. It made the rest of the journey that day much easier, much more incredible for me once I got over what my brother had done to me. Now, the reason I'm sharing that with you is because I think each of us carries a backpack of burdens through life. On the journey that we're walking, each of us carries things with us. And there are some things that we've done, experienced, or encountered that we put in that backpack to carry along. There are other things that maybe have happened to us, things that haven't been our plan at all that we also carry, wounds and experiences, trauma and abuse. There are good things that we carry, Things like our family and our career, dreams that we have and expectations. There are anxieties that we carry too. Things where we worry and wonder, where we're confused and concerned. All of these things, good and bad, helpful and unhelpful, are things that we carry around in the backpack of our burdens. Now, the reason I'm sharing that is because how we handle the backpack of our burdens really begins to, to help us identify whether we're going to live into that next level of connection with God and others in our purpose that we've been talking about throughout the series. And I am convinced more than ever before that Jesus, when he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, is serious. And he invites us to, to lay the backpack of our burdens down before him and receive his light burden as we go about the journey of life. We're going to talk a little bit about how to do that and what that might look like, but I want to begin with a question. It's a question that we're going to keep coming back to throughout this conversation. It's a question that on its surface is pretty simple and maybe even simplistic, but I think the more we sit with it, the more we kind of process it and ask what Holy Spirit would want us to answer to it, that it becomes a profound opportunity for you and for me to change the way we walk this journey, to change the trajectory of our lives, and certainly to allow us to take the rest of this journey in life in a lighter way, with less of a burden, to be sure. So are you ready for it? Here's the question. What if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and at work in your current circumstance? What if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and at work in your current circumstance? You see, I believe if we were absolutely convinced of those things, it would change everything for us. It would be a complete game changer. Talk about leveling up. Now, it's with that in mind that I want to read to you a passage of Scripture about a group of people who were convinced of this very thing. And you may be wondering, what does this have to do with the backpack of our burdens? We're going to get there in just a moment. But again, with that in mind, the question, what if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and he's at work in your current circumstance? We're going to read this passage of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 11. It says, these, these heroes of faith who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. 
who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Now, at first, this might seem like an obscure and weird passage of Scripture for us to be unpacking together here today. But here's the thing. The ancients that we just read about, they were absolutely convinced God was for them and he was active in their current circumstance. They were absolutely convinced of it. And because they were absolutely convinced of that, they lived in such a way that positioned them to experience impossible, amazing, miraculous things. The the writer says they were active in making justice happen. They were active in seeing people raised from the dead. They were active in doing adventurous, next level things. They were so convinced that God was for them and that he was active at work that they were able to endure and stick it out through incredible hardship and persecution. This is a picture of a next level kind of living that I believe you and I are invited into. And it gives us just a little bit of an answer to the question that we're asking. What if you were convinced God is for you and at work in your current circumstance. What might that look like? How might you take even the backpack of your burdens and live in such a way that everything is different? We see just a picture of that here. What if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and at work? Would you risk faithfully? (laughs) I believe I believe the answer to that is absolutely yes. If we were absolutely convinced God is for us, if we're absolutely convinced God is at work right here, right now, today, we would risk faithfully without question, without second thought. And that's what we see in the passage that we just read. They risked everything. And for some of them, it cost them everything. But when we know that God is for us, that he is at work, we will risk everything we've built. We'll risk everything we've dreamed. We'll risk everything we would naturally cling to just to get to see him at work all the more. This is, again, one of those spaces for us where we need to recognize that risk and comfort, adventure and comfort, that they don't exist together, and that risk is actually the space of great adventure especially when we do it faithfully, especially as we rely on the one who made us, when we do it out of being convinced that God is for us and he is at work in our current circumstance. Perhaps the most incredible part of all of this is actually when the writer continues because the conversation isn't done there. In the next couple of verses, this is what we read. He says, all of these, these people that we just read about, they were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Why didn't they receive what had been promised? Because God had planned, listen to this, something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Hear this, friends. What we just read is that these ancients who were absolutely convinced God is with them, that God is for them, that he's active on, in and at work, these ancients who were absolutely convinced of these things, they didn't see all that they were waiting for. They didn't receive the promise that they were holding on to. Why? The scripture writer says, because God wanted to give us today something better. And the something better is the gift 
of Jesus? Is the gift of his life and death, his resurrection, his ascension, his intercession in heaven, the anticipation that he, as King Jesus, will in fact return and establish his kingdom once and for all in an undeniable way? This is the better thing that these ancients were looking for. And if we could go have a conversation with them, Scripture says, these who were convinced God is for them and at work in their current circumstance, if we could have a conversation with them, they would tell you and me, have courage. Let go of the things that are holding you back because you have exactly what we waited for. And it's with you that we are being perfected in the image and likeness of God. It's we, you we were waiting for. It's with you we were waiting for Jesus to come and bring the fullness of God's kingdom. This is incredible. And I don't want it to get lost on us that the writer is telling us, you and I, in that space of risk, can know and encounter the goodness of God in a way that even the ancients didn't know. That's awesome. In, a, in our live spaces today, we're going to be participating in communion. Communion is at once this incredible reminder of the gift of Jesus. But what it reminds us of is what we just talked about, that he lived, he died, he rose again, ascended to heaven, intercedes for us in his one day returning. But in shorthand, do you know what communion is the physical reminder of? It's the undeniable proof that God is for you and for me, for us. Jesus, his ministry, the work that he did and does, that is all the evidence we need that God is for us. If he never did another thing for us, that would be more than enough because he gave us Jesus. So I know as we're having this conversation, some of us were wondering, is God for me? Is he really for me? Because my circumstances, the things that are weighing me down, when I look in the backpack of my burdens, I see things like I'm wondering how I'm going to pay the bills. I'm wondering how I'm going to deal with the trauma of abuse that I experience. I wonder how I'm going to deal with this thing, this pattern of living that is moving me further and further away from God's goodness for me instead of more and more into it. And I don't know what to do, and I'm not convinced yet that God is for me. Friend, He's so for you. He sent his son to die for you and to bring you into the fullness of life with him. If you've never received that gift, then I encourage you right now, click that pray with the pastor button and or pray with a, that prayer button and a pastor will join you in prayer. And you can just share, I'd like to receive the gift of Jesus and they will help you to do that. If you are absolutely convinced God is for you and at work. Wouldn't you risk faithfully? We have received what the ancients had been looking for. But here's the thing. The story still isn't finished yet. The passage continues. And here's something incredible that we read. Hebrews 12 verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those ancients that we talked about, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer is inviting us to live convinced that God is for us and at work right now in our circumstance. He's inviting us to step into that next level connection with God and others and our purpose, free of everything that would trip us up or slow us down. So many of us are on a long hike, heavily weighed down by the stuff of life, the things that we've chosen and the things that other people have put in our backpacks, and it doesn't have to be that way. Some of us are trying to figure out why we can't seem to move to the next level in connection, and we're actively engaging in a pattern of sin that is moving us further and further away from the things of Jesus. And the writer here would say to you and to me, 
Friends, let us throw off everything that slows us down and the sin that so readily trips us up. Let's get rid of it. Let's pass it off. Let's set it aside. In other words, let's trust Jesus with the backpack of our burdens and see what he does as we live convinced God is for us and is at work in our current circumstance. We carry what we don't have to. We carry the sin that we've, that we've engaged in. We carry the anxieties that are in our pack. We carry the worries and frustrations and just heaviness when we aren't found in a space of trust. When we're not trusting that God actually has our best interest at heart. So that leads me to ask that same question again. What if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and at work? Would you trust freely? Again, I think the answer is yes. You see, we hold on to anxiety and worry and concern when we're not convinced that God actually can handle the affairs of our life better than we can. When we think we will figure it out better than God, that's when we start to worry. That's when we insist on carrying things that were never ours to carry. It's the binoculars in the backpack of life that we didn't put there ourselves. Our choice to hold on to sin is usually because there's an area of life where we don't trust that God is at work and is for us. I'm going to say that again. Our, our tendency to hold on to sin is because there's usually an area of life where we don't trust that God is for us and is at work in us. There's actually a passage of scripture that addresses this very thing. We see it in Galatians chapter 5 when the writer is listing out all of the ways that you and I see and know God at work in our lives or we choose the things that move us further away from him. We choose the burdens that we place in our backpack, the rocks that we put there or somebody else does, but these patterns of sin are ones that, that we perpetuate. We see that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 and following. Here's what the writer says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That list as, as not fun as it is, this is a list of the sin that so easily entangles us that the writer is saying we must cast off. We must have nothing more to do with them. These are places I am convinced more and more when we engage in them that it's because we don't believe in God's heart for us. We're not convinced that he actually has a better way for us. So we hold on to the sin that so easily entangles us. When the writer talks about sexual immorality and impurity and debauchery, these are places of, of infidelity and of counterfeit intimacy like pornography or somehow equating sex with love and pursuing that. It's when we live in lifestyles that are, that are all about those things. It has everything to do with not believing or trusting God to bring fulfillment and wholeness in relationship. We have, we have not trusted God to be the one who actually makes us whole. The writer talks about idolatry and witchcraft, and the term there is one called, called uh, pharmakeia. The witchcraft there is actually the using of substances that uh, are using mind and altering like drugs and substances just to feel alive. We do that when we're unconvinced that God is at work in the ordinary and difficult spaces of our lives. The writer lists hatred and discord and jealousy and fits of rage. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. I believe these are spaces where we're not trusting God to lead. And we end up aligning our allegiance with a faction or a political party or nationalism at the expense of our citizenship in heaven. Failing in the pursuit of justice by using other people for what we gain rather than offering ourselves for the sake of others 
in family, in community, in relationship. And all of that, friends, hear me, is rooted in a misunderstanding, in, a, in an answer no to the question of being absolutely convinced. I won't do it. If we're absolutely convinced God is for us and at work in our current circumstance, we will cast aside the sin that so easily trips us up. But it will take risk and it will take trust. Just as we have proof that God is for us in the gift of Jesus, we have proof that God is at work in our current circumstance in the gift of Holy Spirit. Pastor Chris talked a lot about him last week and the desire for us to live more fully into the presence of Spirit and what he has for us. The writer, in fact, after this passage that we just read, says, hey, these are the evidences that we have been tangled up in sin. Then says, but these are the fruit of God's Spirit. We become people of love and joy and peace and patience, of goodness, of kindness, of gentleness and self-control. That this is the kind of person we become, not because we force it to be, not because we're checking a list of, was I loving and good and kind and gentle today? No, no. Because Holy Spirit in us is transforming us and out of the everyday flow of our lives, we're living into these things. But here's the thing. As long as we are encumbered by the backpack of our burdens, we'll never take that next level leap into experience all that God has for us there and more. We just won't do it. So here's my question. You're going to be shocked by it, I know. What if you were absolutely convinced God is for you and at work, even in your current circumstance. There's an opportunity in this to not move through the rest of this day the same way that you started it. To not go another moment encumbered by the backpack of your burdens. And instead, to lay that at Jesus' feet and say, you alone as the one who is for me, as the one who is at work, you alone are to be trusted with this. And so for some of us, that takes the, the risk and trust of, of actually declaring to God, I have been trying to carry things that weren't mine to carry because I didn't trust you with my family, with the dreams that I have, with my financial future, with the need to forgive those who have hurt me. I didn't trust you to be the one who would lead me into the way of healing. I didn't trust you enough when your word said, you alone will make me whole. And so I've been active in a pattern of sin and sinfulness that I'm ashamed of. But because I know you're for me and at work, I am asking you, I'm asking you for freedom. This kind of prayer, I want you to know, God hears and is inclined to act and has already been moving. I believe as we've been talking today, Holy Spirit has actually been bringing to mind some of the burdens in your backpack of life. Some of the things that you have chosen that have moved you further away from him. And he would say, my child, I love you. I'm for you. I'm at work. And today is the day for you to trust me with that. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. In some form or fashion, name the thing. You can say it out loud where you are. You can write it down. You can, you can submit it in a private prayer moment with the online pastor right now and say, this is the thing that I am entrusting with Jesus, that I'm laying before him. This is the space of confession for me. Because in naming things, they begin to lose their hold over us. So name it. And then, and then invite others into the space of healing. You know, so many times when we look to be free of the sin that so easily entangles us or finally trust Jesus with the backpack of our burdens, we feel like that's something we have to do on our own or it's too risky to invite someone else. But here's the thing. Jesus gives us pastors and counselors and learned friends and mentors 
because he wants us to walk in fellowship and community with others in the space of healing in all that he has for us. So, as you process what it is that Jesus is inviting you to lay before him, the sin that so easily entangles, the other burdens that have, you've been carrying that you need to trust him with, I'm going to read one more passage of scripture over you, and it's this. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. That's how this passage that we've been looking at today lands. And so my prayer for you is that Jesus himself, the one who is for you, the one who is at work in your circumstance, would bring you freedom and healing as never before. Nothing else will do I just want you 
just wanna sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment, and I never wanna leave. I love this song that we're singing because it positions us in this moment, in this posture of surrender. I love how there's a line in this song that says, Lord, take me back to where we started, where I opened up my heart to you. I just want to ask a question to us today. What area of our lives, what thing in our lives have we closed ourselves off from hearing from the voice of the Lord, from receiving his healing? Maybe it's a moment where we've had lack of trust or faith in him. So we've tried holding on to it, but we've come to a place now where we can't handle it anymore. We know we can't do it on our own. And we just declared that God, there's nothing else that I want. I just want you. And my friends, hear this today. He is everything we need. He's every resource we need. So we're gonna sing another part of a different song where we get to continue in this posture of surrender. I wanna invite all of us to open up our hands, to lift out our hands, have them stretched wide, declaring, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Give me your eyes, your heart, your, your ears, your thoughts. And God, may we praise you forevermore. Come on, sing, give us clean hands. So give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, come on. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. So give us clean hands. Let us not lift our souls to another. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that sees, who seeks your clean hands give us pure hearts let us not lift our souls to another so give us clean hands give us pure hearts let us not lift our souls to another
church family. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. You know, we had the opportunity to have our first Explore Relationship class recently, and the turnout was great. And I'm so excited because there's both students showing up for this, middle school, high school students showing up to learn how to tell their story about what God is doing in their lives. But there's also people in all stages of life following that. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do in that space. Now, we also are a church family, right? And there are so many different ways that you can get connected. And I would love to see you take a step forward in that. And maybe that means signing up for Explore Relationship and joining us in the coming weeks. We are a church that knows that God loves the heart of a cheerful giver. 
So I'd like to encourage you to give with radical generosity. And you can do that a few different ways. You can do it through the Church Center app or by going to heritageqc.com slash give. Last but not least, I am just so excited as to see what God is going to do as we continue in our Level Up series. So until next week, I hope you guys all have a wonderful week full of love and joy as God continues to work in your life and through your life.